0: 15 with Mike Scott, Justin Timberlake and the Tennessee Kids. And also Prince and the new power generation. Check out some of this music in the Players Pick podcast playlist on Spotify. Yeah. Man been with JT a long time, man. We was just
1: talking about the other day, uh 13,
0: 14 years maybe. Damn. Yeah. Three you, tools. And well I was just I was just like thinking about it too, cause Stephanie and I was talking about about when you was with New Power and Prince and all yeah. that, like and that, that was a long run too. Yeah, that
1: was uh, at least fifteen years. I got with him in '96, and I think I bailed around '12, 2012. How's that come
0: about? How 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 did you get introduced to Prince? And um.
1: Well, that's a long and interesting story. Are you recording? Yeah, we're recording. Yeah, all right. Are yeah, you gonna edit it later? Yeah. Uh. If it oh. needs to be, I will. Y'all still in the back? okay um how did I remember oh it's interesting story I was in D.C. around 92 and a band I was playing with was getting ready to do the Marriott circuit and uh the first gig was in Minneapolis so I went with them to Minneapolis the drummer and the bass player me piled into a Ford escort with the Minneapolis um and the band worked out about three months at a, a Marriott, a very popular Marriott there. And the band it didn't work out. The the the, the Marriott fired us, mm. but everybody went back to D.C. But I realized I said, "Man, Prince is here, Ben Condition is here, <laughs> uh, Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis is here." It's it, Minneapolis was bustling at that time. Yeah. So uh, I stayed and got a little hotel room. Was burying my food in the snow, uh, <laughs> and then uh, started going to. It was a lot of really popular bands in Minneapolis, including Prince's band. Would play every Sunday and Monday at this club called uh, uh, Bunkers, Archie Bunkers. Okay. And uh, his band, his whole rhythm section was in his band called uh, Dr. Mambo's Combo. So uh, the band took me, the to Bounds with two of the cats were from Minneapolis. They took me to go see them one night, and they were bad as hell. You know, it's Prince's goddamn band but without yeah. Prince. <laughs> and they were bad as hell and I was like man I want to jam with them the guys that I was with they were like uh, he don't let, they don't let anybody on stage jam with them and Michael Bland who was Prince's drummer at the time was sitting in the corner on a break and I went over and said hey man I'm Mike Scott I'm in town you know, I said I want to jam with y'all and he said alright brother if you feel that confident come <laughs> on up and I got up and stayed up for about four songs so that led to uh, every band that playing in Minneapolis that was doing anything there was a band called, a reggae band called Ipso Facto. I would go sit in with them. There was this band called The Steels. Um, Mick Stern and the Stud Brothers just had a line around the block. All these were club bands. And I would just go up and say, hey, can I sit in? So I was kept sitting in with people and I started getting work, started getting work, started getting work. Uh, finally, there came an opportunity to audition for Prince in 96. And I had a gig that night with another band. Paying like $75 or something. And I told the drummer, I said, I can't come tonight. Maybe I can come tomorrow. He said, man, this is a one-time shot, dude. You know, you about to blow it. <laughs> I said, man, I can't I can't pull out of this gig, you know, because the gig was at 9 and it was already 6. He wanted me there at 7. I knew the dude didn't have enough time to get him by So I'm packing my shit in the car. I'm like, what the f- I'm about to go blow an audition with Prince to go do a $75 gig. So I called the guy. I said, hey, man, I can't make it. And I went and sat in with them. It was a Wednesday. We rehearsed Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and, you know, we, we started jamming, and, you know, Prince was grooving, and by Saturday, I was on the tour bus with the band going to the first gig, Whoa. and he never told me I was in the band, he never said, welcome to the band, I just, <laughs> he just said, come back tomorrow, you know, come back tomorrow, we're rehearsing, and I came back the next day, and I came back the next day, and next day I knew, I was, I was in the band, so that was 96, Wow. and, uh, the uh, first gig we had was uh uh one of those talk shows it was uh good morning america or something uh-huh. and i didn't have i didn't have the, the mpg custom-made clothing and all that i just had on a shirt and some <laughs> pants and uh we were standing there going go on stage and prince was we were standing in the hallway and it was a coat hanging there and he told the wardrobe lady he said go go get go get one of my hats And he came back, she came back with his Godfather hat, and he just took some coat off the rack and put it on me. (laughs) He said, you look like a Baptist church reverend. (laughs) And that's how
0: Reverend Scott was born that day. Reverend Scott that day. Yeah. Damn.
1: So then I started having clothes. He started having me clothes made that looked like I was a reverend, you know. That's awesome. But uh, he never told me I was in the band. Never never once (laughs) said, welcome to the band. So uh, third gig or so. Uh, I was telling these guys, third gig. Uh, uh, you know, we, I'm sitting on this tour bus and I said, "Sir, uh, we haven't discussed salary or anything." And he, he told his bodyguard, oh, "Cut Mike a <laughs> check." He gave me the check, and I looked at it and said, "Am I supposed to pay the whole band out of this?" <laughs> yeah. and he laughed because it was—I oh. had never seen that much money in one gig for you. Yeah, yeah. I said, "I really thought I was supposed to give. I thought I was supposed to split it with the band." Oh and man, he,
0: he laughed. And I was like, "Damn." <laughs> That's amazing! Yeah, what a good story. Oh, on your way. Sorry, uh, Justin, Chris, hey, guys. hey guys. Chris with Dunlop. Oh, oh and that's Ed. Uh, yeah. You know Chris with yeah, Dunlop. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, you guys. know him. Yeah. yeah. How you doing? All right. How are you? Good. good. Yeah. good.
0: Chilling, talking about uh, history. I'm like eavesdropping. Yeah, we're, we're, we're,
1: we're, we're <laughs> I making, just need the talking about history, yeah. making history uh, while we're he, talking about history. Yeah. And yeah, he's doing a podcast. Yeah. This is
0: a check it out. This is a players pick podcast, right? Nice. So we're we're talking about we're about talk about guitar picks right now. So that's actually my question one of my we're going we went back to prince but let's go back even further like what was your first memory of a
1: guitar pick like who gave it to you and like what were your first picks that you probably used uh, i started using those dunlop 2.0s even before i got started getting the ones from dunlop with my name on them yeah yeah i had always used that pick um cuz uh, when i'm doing the uh, the the fast stuff the thinner picks they as soon as they bend a little bit I wasn't getting the response that I needed. So some I went to you're uh, a Delrin 2.0, yeah. Yeah, I was at Guitar Center one day, and the guy I said, "What's the thickest pick you got?" And he pulled out that 2.0. He said, "This is a bass pick." And I was like, "Oh man, this is this is it." And that's the pick I've been using for years and years and years. So when uh, when Dunlop started making them for me, this is it. That's the pick. Because when you're doing that, you're doing that fast stuff. It's it's right there. It don't
0: bend. It's stiff. You know. Now, you didn't start off with a thick pick when you very first started playing guitar, though, right?
1: Um, no, I was just playing, you know, when you were, I was 12 when I started playing, 11, 12. Pick choice wasn't, a, you know, just you, like string. You hadn't figured out what strings you know? Right, right, right. You were just trying, experimenting. Any pick that was laying around would work then. Everybody had those uh, tortoise shell, little thing Yeah, like picks. a Fender celluloid yeah, yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All yeah good to see you, brother. All yeah. those were working at the time, so uh, when I, when I fell on these, man... And the thing I really used to love to do is pluck that motherfucker. <laughs> people in the audience, I would try to hit people in the forehead with the pick. <laughs> Man, was well, this is why you were out on the road with Prince? Uh, just in general. Or just in general. Yeah, but uh, it's 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 the pick of choice for me because when you're doing that fast stuff, it's it's right there. I don't like bendy picks except when I'm playing acoustic. Sure, I like sure, a floppy sure. pick then. Right. But
0: uh, like these are we made yeah. for Justin like these like super well this is like super floppy. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's super floppy. Yeah, yeah. That, I that's can use like, that on acoustic but on electric I yeah. can, I can't do that fast stuff cuz it's just that little bit of bend is too much bend for me for the for the faster stuff. Do you remember when you had that realization? Uh like, well well it had, had to be to high to... school. It had to be like uh around 79, 80 because I've been playing these picks forever. Yeah. Uh, because uh when I discovered the thicker pick that 2.0 because there's another one. It looks like the 2.0, the purple 2.0, but it's a little thinner. And then there's another one that's thicker. Yeah. And uh, I found when I played either one of those. like, And when I'm holding this 2.0, anything else is a distraction to me. Mm. I, it, I've, I've been playing this pick for so many years that at the thickness of it, I can just tell when it's not right. Because sometimes uh, Dunlop had made a mistake and sent us a few a bag full and it was just a little bit thicker. a little bit thinner they thicker. were thicker oh thicker and they sent a bag that was a little thinner uh, and I could up, my check would get into them and I'd be like nah this ain't the right one I can feel it it's not, it's not right Whoa. it's just it, just it ain't feeling right in between my yeah. fingers so I've been using that pick for most of my career I have to say that's really cool. And so do you know? Do you, do you remember
0: what you were learning or what you were working on when you were like, you know, I need a thicker what, pick?
1: Well, um uh back when I was in high school we listened to a lot of uh fusion stuff. We were listening to uh uh, uh Electric Band, Chick Corea, Al Demiola and, and Mahavishnu or what? Uh, Mahavishnu, uh and what's that one uh, uh, Alex? Uh, damn, my my brain ain't working right now. That one dude, uh it's, he's a just this, this fusion jazz I've listened to a okay. lot of that Scott Henderson um man, I can't believe I, I can't believe I can't remember that guy's name Alan Holdsworth oh Holdsworth. Alan Holdsworth yeah, was yeah, a yeah. big influence and and Demiola just used to do that
0: totally
1: and this is the only pick I could reproduce that with ah I couldn't do it with a thin pick you know he's an extra heavy guy yeah, too he, do, he plays extra heavy celluloid and he plays he touch, he picks every note yeah so Okay. It wasn't working for me with the thinner picks that pick has been my pick of choice for that reason only uh-huh. because of the uh the action and the being able to play the really fast stuff because going to, um I went to Duke Ellington School of Arts and I graduated from there in seventy nine and uh That's so cool. we were really listening to Al demiola electric band Chick Corea electric band not electric band return to forever was very popular right Holdsworth was very popular. Uh, George Benson was very popular Um, and I just found that the floppier picks you could not do the fast stuff with the floppier picks and I told you it was a little bit of experimentation before I discovered this pick but some guy at a guitar center in Minneapolis gave me this pick and that was the pick that's the pick I'm gonna use to death that's been that yeah because it doesn't and it doesn't uh some picks wear on the end these don't wear so quickly yeah, because they're so thick. Longer. Yeah, you know how to get sharp on them Yep, yeah, it takes a lot longer with these. So that's awesome. Yeah.
0: Well, man, I appreciate you sharing that. That's cool. The uh, I wonder about since you've been like you've been a road dog for a long time and a studio guy and like I mean this what's what's your career now like thirty years like? Uh, yeah, at least like that. at least thirty, at
1: least thirty. For all no, this, no. you've been around the world. Uh, uh, I started. Uh, I was playing with Peaches and Herb in Vegas when I was, I um, had to be 20, 19, 20, I just got out of high school,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I was working at a bank, so I had to be 18, 19, it might be 19, 20, yeah. I was playing with Pieces of Herb in Vegas, <laughs> you know, reunited, and Yeah, I was touring with them, man, funny story, I was at a, I was so young and green back then, I was in Vegas and I went to a bar one night, and uh, I'm sitting there, sat, sat next to this girl at the bar, and we started talking, and I said, "So, what do you do?" She said, "I'm working." I said, "Where do you work?" And she said, "You know, she ignored me." And we kept talking. I said, "So, what do you do?" She said, "I'm working." I'm like, what? You working McDonald's? Where do you work? And we kept talking. And then she finally said, "Look, are you gonna do something or not?" And then she got up, and went to this other guy, and then they left. And I said, "Oh, oh, oh she's working." <laughs> that's how green I was. Oh man, that's how green I was. But uh, I've been did. I've been touring for a long time. I was playing with a band when I was 13. I remember that And uh, we used to play in bars We couldn't sit You know We couldn't go to the bar Sure But we could play in the bar Uh, So My early uh, Earliest uh, And I started touring With this group called Juicy Back in Mid Early 80's Mid 80's -hmm. And uh, they were touring The country Uh, They had the number one Hit out on the charts uh, we did Soul Train all that stuff when it was popular, you know. And oh, that's cool. I was really surprised to get Soul Train to find out they don't really play. Oh, you saw Bohemian Rhapsody?
0: Yeah. And
1: you remember when they were on uh, Top of the Pops and they were pissed because the drums were fake and yeah. they were playing the track. And I didn't—I always thought people played on Soul Train live. Just like everybody thinks they play on Top of the Pops live. Right. But no. But no. So that was interesting. I found out that yeah. way, yeah. Yeah, we toured in a little van. Went all over the country, man. In a little van with a trailer behind the back. So um, I've been touring for a long time um
0: with all that with all that behind you, like what uh, I'm curious you got any life lessons or any uh wisdom you can pass along to uh musicians that are out uh, and about doing their thing these days well
1: the most the most important thing I have learned because uh, you could be an amazing player, you could be Steve i uh times ten mm-hmm. sitting in your basement playing for your four walls. Mm. you need to get out and um, you gotta get out and just uh, you gotta go out and meet people and like I, like I did when I got to Minneapolis they were telling me that band never lets anybody sit in I was like I'm, are you kidding and I was you know they playing funk why won't they let somebody sit in and then when I got with the Stud Brothers in Minneapolis Stud Brothers was this all white band and they were huge in Minneapolis and mm. uh, they had an audition Dave Barry uh, was the top of the food chain in guitar world in Minneapolis mm-hmm he was playing with Janet Jackson and Cher ah. so when he rolled out Stud Brothers had no guitar player and they had auditions and there's a million bad guitar players in Minneapolis but I got the gig and that really escalated my career some more because uh, Prince actually came I would see Prince in the back of the room uh, a couple of nights Uh Stud Brothers were huge Uh and they used to introduce me as the integrator on guitar because mm, <laughs> they were all white bands right right but uh <laughs> The they concert. were huge and then it was this band called Ipso Facto a reggae band man and when I got with them and then it was the Steels and then I got with the Sounds of Blackness who was a a label artist for Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis so mm-hmm. once I got with Sounds of Blackness they brought me in to uh, be Session Man for Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis mm. and I was man I would go from room to room to room Beyonce would be there Destiny's Child you know Lionel Richie freaking uh, you name it whoever was whoever was popular during the mid uh, 80s no mid 90s i was recording with jimmy jam and Lewis. i played on everybody's record uh janet jackson all kind of stuff that's what and um uh, so it was just a, it was a matter of the point i'm trying to get to uh timing and uh, networking is most important mm. networking is more important than you're playing it's who you know rather than what you know right. now, now here's another story uh, rihanna had uh i just played with rihanna for a minute she had auditions. Uh, a guy called me said, Mariana's the keyboard player that was with Justin, who was my boy. He mm-hmm. said, Rihanna's having auditions on Saturday. Wow. So he had already put their word hey, my boy Mike Scott's gonna audition. That's who you want. So all these cats went. I got there, was a long line uh, of people. And he, yeah. This one guy he walked in and said, oh man, damn, Mike Scott in there, man. Don't even waste your time. <laughs> I, that was, I thought that was a huge accolades. I was like, okay. Hell yeah, man. it is. So finally got to meet audition and they had three songs that everybody else had known. I told the guy, I said, hey, man, I just got... I don't know any material. I'm just going to play. And uh, he said, cool. They put the three songs on, and I just played. I just played whatever I felt. And the dude was losing his mind. They took video of it and sent it to Rihanna, and they called me that evening and said I got the gig. But it was Damn. just... Uh, it, like I said, it was who I knew right, rather right. than... It was also what I knew. But it was had I not known the people... I would have not have known that there was right. an audition for Rihanna that day. So networking is very important. So develop your people skills yeah. is what I mean. Develop hearing. your people skills. <laughs> Go out and jam with people. Go out yeah. and sit in with people. Be seen, be heard, be known. Pass out cards. So people say, Oh, there's that one dude, man. What's that dude's name? Uh I met that dude at the club night. he sat in, he sat in with us. Mike Scott, yeah. Let's call him. So even the bands I would sit in with, if their guitar player couldn't make it, they would call me and say, Hey man, you sat in with us the other night. Can you come jam? You know, because our guitar player can't make it. So networking is very important. I think that's more important than what you know, because right. you, you got you got amazing chops and you sitting in your basement playing for your four walls. Who's going to know?
0: Right, you got to be good. Right. Obviously, you did your homework. And yeah. you, you you came with the fire, but yeah, uh, as soon as you saw the opportunity, you put yourself out there. Yeah. And didn't didn't didn't, didn't like stop and just no, kind of wait no. for it and, to come to you.
1: And and uh, I came to Minneapolis. Very strange. It must have been. I have to say it was destiny because. Minneapolis didn't have any uh they just didn't have a niche. There was a niche for me there. 'Cause I came from I grew up in Washington, DC with a completely different style. Mm-hmm. So when I got to Minneapolis, I had to learn another style. Prince taught me another way of playing guitar. And when I combined the two, I had something really mm. unique. It did you know, thanks to Because uh, when I was sitting in with bands in Minneapolis, they used to always say, Man, when I was with the Stud Brothers, the all white band, they were like, dude, um, can you? Uh, and when the one guy was trying to play a keyboard player said, "Man, just play on the beat, man. You're playing behind the beat like a black guy." He said, "Can you just play on top of the beat?" And uh, you know, I had to learn to stop because in DC we play everything laid back, just laid, laid back. back okay. And they were really on top of it, and that was a whole nother style. Even when I got with Prince, he would say, "Uh, you're pu- you're laying back a little too much. You know, can you just stay right on top of it, right?" So I learned a lot right. about in Minneapolis and combining the things Prince taught me and Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis and playing with the Stur Brothers and Michael Bland and, and uh Prince's rhythm section and this reggae band, I had it just the timing of it, the nineties, man, I swear it just it couldn't have happened at a better time. It was just a, a great a great time. Uh and I hate to toot my own horn, but it was just a great time for me in my career. Yeah. It was a, just a it was like it was destined. Because right. if it had happened at any other time, it probably wouldn't have happened the way it did. But I went up the food chain in Minneapolis till I got to the top and that was Prince and after Prince there's nothing else so right. I left and I was with Prince until 2012 uh, and we were rehearsing and uh, it was Christmas we took a break had a party and I had gotten an email that Justin was going to start on January 1st and this was the 24th of December hmm. Prince walked down the hall and said uh, uh, Prince uh, what you got planned for next year You know, he said you're asking me about next year I'm still trying to figure out today <laughs> and I said And he kept walking And I said Well I got stuff to do He said Go do what you gotta do And then I went and Started with Justin On January 1st For a Future Sex Tour yeah, I think yeah. it was this Future Sex And then Prince called me Two days after we started <laughs> Yeah I need you Come back I'll start We're gonna start rehearsing again I was already on another gig Oh man And that was That's when our relationship ended Uh 2012 Got it Yeah Did you see him You see him again before he passed? <sighs> no But I did go do the tribute Uh they did a tribute the year he died. Yeah. And I played, uh, I got to do Purple Rain and all that. I got to do oh, all good. the leads for all the, all of that stuff. It was an emotional thing, you know. I can only uh, imagine. They're doing something now. They're doing something um, in April that I could not do. Due to this gig, because
0: MPG still
1: running around. MPG still running. I yeah. went on tour with them last year, yeah, yeah. Uh, doing all the print stuff with uh, the original MPG van. I think was,
0: Takumi hit us up for picks for you yeah, right, he, for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because
1: yeah, Takumi, well, Takumi was doing. Uh, he's doing Revolution version. Oh. I was with MPG. It was oh, God! I got it, got it. It was the big guy on drums, Michael Bland, Sonny, Tommy. My bad. The Hornheads. It was yeah. the real, that's what we call it, MPG. But the Revolution, <laughs> who was the people that got with him <laughs> during Purple Rain, they were there, had that success. Right. They think they're the real band that put Prince on the map, which they are. And they say, man, MPG like cockroaches. You kill one, two more show up. Uh, <laughs> <So> they, <laughs> well, you know, it's like different times, different different situations, you know. Yeah. Uh, they were the band that was there in his heyday. When he got yeah, Purple Rain success. At, at they, the Big were, they were the band. But uh an MPG, uh the real MPG was the Hornheads, Michael Sonny Tommy, uh Morris Hayes, Kirk Johnson, that was the NPG. They mm-hmm. did, you know, the gold record and all that. So I've been playing with those cats. Uh you know, since Prince is gone, I've been playing with them. Levi Caesar is the original guitar player though. And Levi's a bad dude, man. That dude taught me so much funk stuff, man. Really? That guy's a bad dude. Well, but um well,
0: All these all these names uh, you're dropping, I wonder what what are you listening to these days that's got you like stoked. Is there any is there any new players, or any early players that you've been listening to? Yeah, there's so
1: many with... new guitar players. Like I got a friend in, in D C Gerald Thompson. He's he keeps me on top of the new guitar players. and He sends me all these new Man, there's so many uh, Guthrie Govins, man Oh, Guthrie uh, is Guthrie's fire A beast Yeah And there's so many um, Neely, Neely Brosh You like Neely Brosh? T- yeah, yeah Yeah, yeah Neely's a beast, man so I love many. Neely She was on this podcast a couple episodes Oh, she was? Ago, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah Neely's, Neely's a beast uh, You know, Steve, I still, me and Steve talk on the regular man. I just sent Steve some of my material What a sweet guy He was floored He's like, holy shit I didn't know you could play like that because um, he you know, he just knows me as a funk guy he never knows sure, know sure, how sure. to play that that guitar god stuff that he does so I sent him some stuff for me shredding out on some rock shit cool. he, was, he was pretty impressed but um, I don't really listen to I still like Scott I love Scott Henderson I love Pat Martino mm-hmm. I listen to a lot of stuff I still listen to Vi uh, like I said and, and there's so many new guitar players mm-hmm. it's just hard to keep up uh, and I'm not I'm not one of them cats that listen to people to try to you know there's, there's some dudes that listen and try to uh, to to recreate what a dude's doing. Sure. I don't I will listen to you play and I'll take something from what you did like the vibe. and try to innovate yeah. something. Yeah, but yeah. I don't sit I'm not gonna sit and study you. Yeah. I'm not gonna i I'll just listen and say, Oh man, Chris is a beast and wow, I like the way he did that. And I'll and I'll try to incorporate that into my playing. But I'm not gonna uh, try to imitate you. Cause imitators I think people should be innovators. Same. You know, be innovators. Don't you can learn something from Steve I but don't try to play his licks. Try yeah. to incorporate and create something of your own based that. on something he influenced you by. Yeah. I Love that. So, I, I feel
0: I feel similar. Yeah. Like I mean, I'm I've never been one to try to learn somebody else's solos note for note and all yeah. that because even though I know there's there's advantage
1: to that. Yeah, there's advantage to that.
0: But I've always felt like some of my favorite players are usually the ones that are like oh, I don't even really know the. the- I mean I-, I studied a little bit but I didn't study too much cause yeah. I don't want to
1: know too much yeah you I don't, don't want to know too much you don't want to I don't know. want too much heady stuff yeah, in my head yeah. I want to feel it you want to play you just want to yeah. play from your heart rather right. than sitting here saying "Oh, you know, what's that lick that, that guy did let me do that and uh, and you know somebody will come up and say I heard a little Scott Henderson in your playing yeah yeah you heard a little but yeah. not uh, you know that's not it's uh, the essence it. of it's yeah. not like yeah. verbatim
0: yeah No, yeah. 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 Oh, that's cool I get yeah. that get that you probably you have, you have to yeah, roll yeah we got running all right well thanks you for, gotta roll all right I'm, I'll, I'll come with you for okay. a little bit all right, all right. uh but this has, uh been players pick podcast episode number 15 with mike scott justin timberlake new power generation tennessee hey, kids tennessee kids thank you so much brother i appreciate your time thank you chris appreciate it yeah man i hope
1: i had something the listeners can use oh yeah for sure always <laughs> yeah man i've been doing these Dunlop picks for a thousand years
0: Players Pick Podcast, Picks and Perspective with Chris Johnson.